Bad boy good. Bad boy good. I would be shocked if Darius Leonard was be able to pull off what he did last year. If he does it again this year, there's no way he's not entering 2020 as the number one guy. Now it's time for the two-on-one, a fantasy football podcast, the official podcast of the Super Friends League. Bad boy good. Boy good. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the two-on-one, a fantasy football podcast. I'm your commish, Tommy Moe, bringing you our fourth installment of our mini-pod series on positional rankings and draft strategies to get you primed for your fantasy football drafts. So today, we're going to discuss IDP and DST rankings and IDP draft strategy with the IDP tipster from the idptipster.com and the Sunday IDP live podcast. What's up, tipster? Welcome to the two-on-one. Thanks for having me, Tom. I'm happy to be here. This is this is good stuff. Well, and even though you go by the IDP tips, or uh, uh, welcome Gary to to the two on one world and the listeners out there. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Um, we, you know, uh, we try to cover all our bases, and and as IDP has kind of garnered some uh, some success lately with getting more and more people to play it. Um, I wanted to have someone like you want to come and give us some tips for uh, for drafts for IDP. Oh, I, I really appreciate it. And you're exactly right. Uh, the Just in the three or four years that I've been really writing uh, or, you know, up until this point that we started this website, I mean, the numbers are out there and uh, I can refer to that in the IDP Bible, uh, the, the New Testament on our on our website, it's a cornerstone uh, article that's at the bottom of the thing. It, that it begins talking about just since that I've been a part of the Twitter community and podcasting and writing, just how much it has actually grown. It was the logical next step. I mean, you mm-hmm. can't do much more with, with offense. PPR kind of sealed the deal there. You know, you have super flexes and all this other stuff. But I mean, realistically, IDP is the next stage. Well, and with a lot of people advocating, um, especially for uh, banning kickers, uh, and I'm starting to see less and less leagues with defenses, um, or, you know, a DST in there. Um, I guess why should people consider IDP more? Uh, I guess besides just to switch it up, you know, like what's the the real pros of of doing an IDP league? Right, right. It's just another stage. It's just. Uh, enhancing the game it's in my opinion 20 years ago you could compare fantasy football to a game of checkers compared to a game of chess now uh-huh. Uh-huh. you know more decisive well especially with the amount of uh, data and information that's out there you know especially mm-hmm. in the twitter uh, fantasy football community i mean mm-hmm. it's it's by the second it's changing you know adp uh, is rising and falling with with the news that's coming out at training camps and and yeah, even just to have a sleeper out there is tough. So uh, to mm-hmm. switch it up a bit, I, I like it. Um, I'm in a couple IDP leagues myself, uh, but to be honest with you, Gary, I, I don't play that many uh, in that many leagues with IDP. But the ones I'm in, I definitely enjoy it. But like I said, it's just uh, more and more leagues just keep getting away from even just from DST. And and right. I guess would you advocate uh, in your personal preference a little bit more for IDP or or DST? Like if they're going to get rid of DST, should they just switch to IDP? Personally, nowadays, I mean, I've been doing this. I've been playing fantasy football for about 20 years, and I've been in IDP for about 15 of that back when it was in its infancy, and you were only using a couple players at a time. I will not join a league now unless it's a full complement of at least, say, eight defensive players, IDP players. Um, It's just I've developed into that manner. I just don't really enjoy basic offense only you know mm-hmm, it's just mm-hmm. i i just i just don't do it so i i i it's been so long since i've been in a league that it was offense only i couldn't tell you yeah so you know so let's let's jump right into these rankings um i i do want to focus a little bit more on on the idp players and 
even though I don't play a lot of IDP, you know, I, I grew up playing defense. I played defense in college. Uh, nice. Loved defense. Was a defensive coordinator at like the the pop Warner level. So for little kids, but it's still a ton of fun. So defense, you know, it's been around. I've been around it my whole life, and I and I love it. But because of my relative lack of fantasy football IDP knowledge, um, I, I definitely wanted to bring you on the show. Um, you know what I find is most intimidating for people to give IDP a chance and stick with it after a year is the fact that because just five, even 10 years ago, the information players' names weren't out there and people's faces like offensive players are, you know, everybody knows who Ezekiel Elliott is. Everybody knows who all these offensive starters are, you know, and I think a lot of it has been due to the fact that even the major networks that we listen to don't talk up all the Luke Keekleys and Bobby Wagner's like they do now back then. So I think it's a matter of uh, just like learning when you, when they invented PPR, when they added that scoring format, yeah. it's just an adjustment. You have to give it time and, 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 and just learn a little bit more, you know, or right. find somebody like ourselves for advice. Yep. And that's exactly why you're here. So you already mentioned it, uh, or mentioned him, uh, Bobby Wagner. That's who I have as my overall number one. Uh, he got that 99 rating in Madden. Uh, he just got his brand new contract. Their well, Legion of Boom is gone in Seattle, and it's just Bobby now, uh, yeah. you know, running that defense. So, so that's who I have number one. Who do you have? Um, I personally, uh, you're splitting the hairs when you're coming to the top three or four, but I prefer Deion Jones. And it's kind of ironic because uh, I did a article with a fellow. We did a two-part article. He covered Bobby Wagner, and I did Deion Jones of why Deion Jones is the next generation Bobby Wagner. It's just mm-hmm. a, it boils down to splitting the hairs above when you're in that top five. You yeah. know, I, I prefer Deion Jones in Dynasty, especially because of Bobby's age. But Bobby right. still he just signed a huge contract, three year, fifty four million. That's that's I mean I, that's got to, I think it's a record breaker. Um, you know, and Seattle is not known for paying guys; they just move on a lot of times. So that just shows you how important the Bob Bobby is to their team and to IDP players uh, owners. So I, I mean, I personally um, I have Deion Jones. And then Bobby, then Luke Keekley. Okay. Uh, I, I have Darius Leonard knocked down a little bit. He, he's penciled in there at four, you know. Okay. Uh, this is his only personal reference. Yeah, yeah. And I think that comes into play a lot, right, is his personal reference, uh, probably uh, name recognition as well, um, what, you know, teams you probably uh you know focus on a little bit more at least for the average idp player right and so right. and i think that's part of it right we can kind of go back and forth uh with especially these top guys these top five guys because i'm right there with you you know after bobby wagner i have darius leonard um I, just because i think that kid is amazing um yeah and then yeah. luke keekley you know it has has uh he's he's been good you know and i think he's mm-hmm. the new he's the new mold or, or prototypical linebacker that you want in this NFL that may not be super big, but can really run and right. make a lot of tackles. Yeah. Yeah. There's no disagreement there. That's a, it's a really fine line, even up and realistically, when you look at the top 10, it's just basically by preference. I'm, I'm going to throw you a little information here. It is hard for any of these studs IDPs to repeat year in and year out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only reason I have Darius Leonard knocked down to four is the fact is I have a rookie success rate uh, article that I've been tracking the success of the players after over a six-year period, the last six years, and it's hard to repeat. So consistency matters 100% when it comes to IDP. And yeah. Bobby Wagner, Luke Keekley, uh completely, you know, those type players are just full of consistency year in, year out. And uh, they, as long as they've managed to stay healthy, and they get the snap counts, for a full complement each year. You know, so uh, it is. It just really is splitting those hairs. I would be shocked if Darius Leonard was be able to pull off what he did last year, again this year. If he does it again this year, yeah, 
there's no way he's not entering 2020 as you know he's got to be the number one guy right it means right. it were, was more than just production by default because he was the best guy on the team you know yeah so yeah and so for you know for the at least these top four guys they've all been linebackers um for for the average idp player i feel like that's the play but uh, again for someone at uh your level of expertise or experience with playing idp i mean is that pretty much your safest bet is is focus on those linebackers early and you know that's who you should pick first if you can right i'd like to i i have this i have a very long article i i hope that Anybody that's willing to go to the idptipster.com and scroll down to the bottom of the page, it's called the IDP Bible, uh, the New Testament. It's actually a revision of what I've, I've held as a cornerstone. And I have basically wrote this article to help anybody that I could possibly help from, from trying to fix IDP rosters that they went awry on or a beginner. And I, I do this. I'm not a huge data guy, but mm-hmm. I do look at the data to help break this opinion that I give at the end. Um, you have different scoring formats. You have what, what we, we would call a sack heavy format and, and it describes in there what that would be. Uh, I base everything that I like to do off of a tackle heavy format. Mm-hmm. And that would mean that a tackle would be around one point a piece, assist about one point a piece. And then when you compare the sack and, and defensive lineman type of stats where they have tackles for loss, quarterback pressures and stuff, all of those, whatever they use, when you add those points up, um, they shouldn't be more than four times as much as what it would be for a tackle or assist. Okay. Um, it, it's kind of splitting the hairs. The article itself would probably uh, descri- give a better description, I would hope, uh, because I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's got a lot of different types of information. But in a tackle base, uh, it's, it's pretty well boils down to Breaking it down from the information that I've I've done the research on, you know, I am going inside linebacker as a general group overall. If yeah. it's a tackle base situation, I am filling my starting lineup. If I need four inside linebackers, they are the first for a weekly starting lineup. Then they are the first guys off the board. Yeah, it's just just simple. I break it down even farther by saying middle linebackers. Uh, I prefer middle linebackers in the 4-3 defenses. Your Bobby Wagners, your Deion Joneses, they're switching a lot to 3-4 schemes uh, nowadays. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's not taken away from Luke Keekley. He's still up there. You know, some players are just going to do. But by the numbers, you know, um, yeah. it really middle linebacker in a 4-3, even a so-so guy that is just getting production by default. He's just... He's the only guy right there stopping the run. Tackle and, numbers. And that's why uh, you value a 4-3 middle linebacker more so than a 3-4 middle linebacker because there's only one guy supposed to. Right. Yeah. Right. Because of your weak side linebacker, which is also considered an inside linebacker in that scheme, he is uh, a coverage linebacker. Right. Yes, he will. He will help out. And, you know, when he reads the plays and reacts, he is going to get tackles. But, you know, he's he's taking the running back out of the backfield. He's yeah. taking the tight end out of the backfield. And yeah. and no matter what that play is, he is usually taken to one side or the other of the field where that middle linebacker is doing nothing but eyeballing that quarterback, that football, and, mm-hmm. and going directly to where it is. The weak side guy is just not – he's not going to break coverage on, on – or he's not doing his job yeah. in real NFL. You know? Right. So he needs to be more gonna, out. He needs to be out in space uh, covering more so than he is in in the box making tackles. Nine times out of ten, yes. Yeah. And then uh, would you then value uh, going keeping with the outside linebacker or weak side linebacker um, discussion? Uh, but then if it went to a three four outside linebacker and is more of a pass rusher, um, mm-hmm. would I'm assuming that would get a little bit bump up above a weak side linebacker in a four three? You know, when it comes to here, here's my general thing about an outside linebacker. That poor guy is on one end of that line and one side (laughs) of that field. He's got a 50-50 chance each time. 
So their numbers and tackles are down unless you have an outside linebacker that's a sack master like Von Miller and you're in a league where you have uh, a high sack count. I do not suggest taking any outside linebacker in a 3-4 scheme yeah. or strong side linebackers in the 4-3 scheme. Uh, they are just too dependent. The, the play has to come their way for them to make a play on it unless they're like, you know, super, super tough. Um, even Khalil Mack, he had um, in a tackle base format, he, he had he had big fat zeros last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just in, in scoring I'm talking about. Right. It's a little too it's, volatile. Right. It's just, you know, well, we got Khalil Mack. We're either going to double team that guy or or we're going to run the opposite direction in the real NFL, you know? Yeah. So it makes his job even harder. So, you know, it can be deceiving. So I do not suggest, unless you're using an edge rusher designation or you happen to have an outside linebacker that is a uh, defensive end designation, um, you know, don't use them as your linebackers. I don't yes. even prefer to use them as depth, to tell okay. you the truth. So me having Khalil Mack as my seventh ranked player uh, probably a little bit too high. Well, you know, when I looked at your rankings, I would believe that it depends on the scoring format. You know, I mean, I I can't completely disagree. There's a fine line. It's like having PPR or not having PPR. The difference between a tackle heavy and a sack heavy. Yeah. In my opinion. Right. Um, And I have a method that people can really easily look normally in most sites and most fantasy sites and figure out if you uh, are a tackle or sack heavy. Would you, you're interested? Yeah, definitely. Okay. So what you would do, say you were taking over a uh, IDP team uh, in a dynasty or say you were in a redraft. The first thing you would want to do is someone like ESPN is go look at the rankings, player projection rankings. If you have a defensive lineman or an outside linebacker by position showing in your top 15, you'll top 10, you'll want to question the scoring format as or approach it as a sack heavy one. Okay. Because if it is a tackle base, likely there's nobody in the top 32. Okay. And, and and when we're talking about uh sack uh heavy, is that just a, a simply like one point per sack or are we talking about like a bonus, you know, two well, or more? That would really de- that would really depend too, as I mentioned a little bit earlier. You know, if you're getting usually I take the tackles and assists, uh look at it as one point a piece, uh for whichever, then you take all you take your sacks and your your um because usually if you get a sack, then you're getting a tackle for a loss. At the mm-hmm. same time, because mm-hmm. the sack only counts if it's behind the the offensive line. So most formats will score both. Add those up. If they're four times the amount of what a tackle would be or more, then you're probably sack heavy. Okay. Okay. If that helps. If yeah, that, that does help. Sense. Well, and, you know, because when I'm trying to put my rankings together, I'm trying to take in account, um, I guess, a little bit of both, you know, where tackles and sacks. Um, or someone playing, you know, equal value, um, or someone like Aaron Donald uh, being like one of the best, uh, right. not necessarily fantasy IDP players out there, but one of the best defensive players in the league. You know, having him in my fifth spot just because he gets a lot of tackles, uh, or I mean, you know, com- relatively a lot of tackles for a defense lineman, and then a lot mm-hmm. of sacks to be uh, on top of that, uh, and and then just him being so dominant as a player in general. You know, so I have right. Aaron Donald fifth. Um, you know, and, and, and we didn't really, uh, I shared my rankings with you, but I haven't seen yours. But my, again, my guess is, uh, is you have a lot more linebackers uh, in this in this first five or ten. Um, I, I got to be honest, our approach at the IDPtipster.com is for production. And we do not do an overall where, where you gave me an overall. Yeah. You, you gave me all designated positions. And I do not go there because I'm trying to define a little bit closer to the T for people that want to come and look at our rankings. When I look at your rankings, my first impression was, well, these look great. And I agree with, there's nothing to disagree with here. In my opinion, the Kyle Mack being up there 
in my opinion, is an overall talent or an overall IDP outlook. Mm -hmm. You know, he is a beast. There's no reason you shouldn't have him in there as seventh. But by preference, I'm not going to suggest that if you're looking to play him at defensive lineman, or uh, I apologize, if you're going to look at, at playing him at linebacker, you might want to make sure that you got the right scoring format. Right. You know, there are right. so it's just like PPR and stuff like for the offense. There's little fine details that you to get the edge on your your league mates or your opponent. You have to you have to kind of understand that there is a little bit of a, a learning curve to this situation. So well, and, that's and I what think we that's- try to help with. Yeah, and I, and I think that's what we need, right? I think that's what the listeners need as a takeaway. And and I think my rankings come from, again, like overall talent and evaluation and, you know, looking at it from that lens, um, yes. which, again, I, I think so. is more on, on uh, for IDP, you know, a little bit more on the novice side of things. And so right. Uh, right. going to your website, looking at your rankings, understanding where your rankings are coming from, I think right. is key because that is going to help listeners other idp players get that edge over right. the more standard so. novice guy like myself who's like oh yeah that guy's a great player you know looking at it overall but like no no this is you know look at it from the fantasy perspective and get that right. fantasy edge over your other league mates right you know and exactly what i do on site is because in a tackle base for like i like to play and like i like to suggest people uh play in my opinion some of these things are get kind of outrageous and i'm not cracking on everybody's formats don't get me wrong i just my preference is the good old-fashioned old school tackle base you know um but i actually for that reason because i rank the top 32 because i believe beyond the top 32 everybody's just kind of in their own tier and it's okay what happens they're not winning material so i don't usually go past 32 i want to stay and help my help the listeners or their followers or readers or whatever to win win now Mm -hmm. but what i do do because they would not show up in my top 32 of uh linebackers which i actually designate as inside linebackers i put them as edge rushers in our defensive lines rankings okay so if you look at it right now, if you happen to see, I have uh, T.J. Watt at number six for, you know, J.J.'s little brother over there in Pittsburgh. Um, right. I have him ranked sixth as an outside linebacker. I have Von Miller at eight. I have Mack at nine. Uh, Frank Clark is going to be an outside linebacker this year with Kansas City. I've got him in there 15th. So I do rank the outside linebackers, but I prefer – not to suggest them as a regular line designated linebacker. I want to use them in leagues where they're sack dependent or defensive linemen, or say they got two designations that they can be used in, I, in the, in the site itself, you know, right. some of them put a slash in there, their defensive line slash uh, uh, edge rusher, you know, yeah. so th- that's, that's basically to get them in there. That's why I do that on our site. Okay, I like that, and and definitely you know good for the listeners to know when they're looking at your site um, to know what to look for, um, right. and to continue with with the rankings. Um, you know, I, I think I'm starting to feel, I'm starting to understand. You know, definitely your train of thought and where you are with with your rankings, and I feel like um, you know a lot of these guys are definitely going to be different. Um, so I think more, uh, I want to kind of focus on, um, you know, where guys should be or who you should, uh, who you would prefer, you know, in your draft, but also with it being so low, relatively low on defense alignment in your rankings, uh, I guess, where do DBs stand, uh, in your rankings? Are they even lower? Cause they're definitely not getting as many tackles. Um, but in certain formats, those pick sixes, those interceptions are definitely getting right. some bonus points. All right, I'll refer back to my IDP Bible for this one because the stats are all in there for all positions and what order I would approach drafting or uh, trying to revamp an IDP roster, uh, mainly the starting lineup. You know, I'm I'm definitely uh, my first target in trades or drafting is the middle linebacker in a 4-3 scheme. Um, the, the statistics are all in there for the last three years. I break them down in, in designated and into individual positions. So it's a real informative. Uh, I've had a lot of people come back after they've, they've looked at the Bible, the old version and this new version 
And, you know, they followed it to a T and they, they went from struggling to having a lot of success and understanding a little bit better. So I'm going to start, we're going to go middle linebacker. Then I go with the weak side linebacker four, three and the Mike or Mac inside linebacker of the three, four. Then before we ever really get to the, uh, weak side linebacker of the 4-3, I actually prefer the strong safety uh, oh. before I even look at a defensive lineman. Free nuggets. Okay. I know I, I, I try to tell people to look at it. You want to look at names, but you also want to look at the consistency of the position itself that these players are playing. So uh, defensive linemen actually fall in after me getting some strong safeties. Okay. You know? I think it's a little counterintuitive for me, but I, but I, I'm interested on this. I think it makes sense. And, and I'm curious to hear your take as to why. Well, if you get a chance, check out that, that the Bible there, maybe it'll help explain a little bit better what, I, where I'm coming from, but this has been from years of playing it, looking at this before I, before I ever started sharing with the uh, fantasy football community, um, I developed this by playing in a 10 year, uh, 32 team dynasty league. And we had a full complement of defense and a full complement of offense PPR. And the scoring format had just as an example, this past year had, uh, Darius Leonard ranked 25th at the end of the year. So it's a, it's a very strong IDP format per offense. And that 10 years of, we just ended it. We, you know, not all, everything can't last forever. Um, this process of me coming up, being able to assist people and pass this on, this is how I looked at it personally to, to never, I never missed a playoff in 10 years out of 32 teams. Nice. Yeah. I've only won once and I went to the championship twice, but, I was looking for the edge and it was with this IDP and going this deep. So yes, for me, while everybody else is going for Joey Boza um, as maybe their second or third pick off the board, I've even seen him go as high as one, you know, their first pick. I think that's picking a name. I think by statistics, you need to look and let the league itself tell you where to start picking the players, no matter name or not. And that, yeah. is, that refers right back to this fact that if you go into projections, if you've taken off, a, if you've taken a team over, that's a dynasty uh, IDP, look at the last year's results and just kind of, especially when it comes to drafting, use that information of where they ended up ranking and just know in your mind that nobody values IDP uh, overall, is starting this change uh, based off, you know, if I've got a wide receiver two there or do I take a linebacker, 50-50 people are going, you know, 50-50 of the time people are going to take that wide receiver two. Yeah. You know, no matter what. So you can usually wait around, you know. If you start seeing in those rankings or the in, or the projections, okay, so all of a sudden all these players around Darius Leonard that was ranked 25th are starting to come off the board and they're disappearing from me for me, then I should start thinking about IDP real soon because it's all about consistency, in my opinion, playing fantasy football in general. And if that guy is – if he's scoring more than a wide receiver too – don't be ashamed to go put them on your, your, your lineup. It's all yeah. about the numbers, you know, to win. Right. Right. And so, so I guess where, where would be, uh, I guess too early uh, to reach for an IDP player, <clears throat> whether you have uh, Bobby Wagner, or Deion Jones uh, there, uh, you know, where would you say, or uh, yeah, where would you say, uh, you know, is, is the, the money spot to, to pick an IDP player or, uh, you know, definitely don't get in the first or second rounds, right? Well, I mean, you know, if, if like I, I'm going to refer to looking at your projections in the end of the season rankings or whatever it has, I have actually, what I used to do, if I, if I got into a format that I could not find projections and such, I'd go to ESPN, I'd make myself a free league, put in the scoring format from that league and look at projections just so I could have those as a cheat sheet. 
Like nice that. and simple. Nice and simple. Yeah, that's a just nice prediction for you listeners out there. Uh, yes. Nice and simple. Just put that in and, and you'll see what the rankings are. That's great. Yeah. Just, just, you know, they're not going to, they're not going to come and hunt you down if you don't fill that league and play it, but you can use it like a cheat sheet, right. you know, real quick. And, and again, I'm going to refer to, to reach for, I mean, if you're talking to somebody like Bobby Wagner or Darius Leonard, if you feel comfortable up to that point that they start coming off the board when you're looking at your projections and such, um, you know, uh, it's by preference. I can't say a, a, a round early is going to hurt you either, you know. So, um, I mean, my my take is is if they start coming off and say the, the players around Darius Leonard or, or Bobby Wagner or whatever are coming off, if – my league mates have not broken the IDP out. I try to let it slide because again, we're looking at the top 10 rankings as splitting those hairs by a fine hair, you know? Um, And I, even if, okay, I went ahead and I took another wide receiver and the next guy took Darius Leonard. And then a few of those IDP guys are coming off. You know, the more the, the the likelihood that all those top ten IDP guys are gone is very slim by the time it comes back around to me. Mm-hmm. So you would still have Martinez sitting there, uh, Ed, uh, Terrain Edmonds, um, you know, just to name uh, Rogan Smith. Uh, you got Vanderesh. That's you know, uh, if I ran this down the line real quick, my my rankings right now is Deion Jones, Bobby Wagner, Luke Keekley, Darius Leonard, Blake Martinez. Uh, Van Der Esch, then we have uh, Tremaine Edmonds, Rogan Smith, Corey Littleton, and C.J. Mosley, and Miles Jack and Joe Scobert rounds out to 12. If That's that's standard. So if somebody yeah. right after me turned around and got a Darius Leonard and they start taking his off, I'm probably going to end up with Corey Littleton as my first linebacker off the, off the board, and I'm happy. Yeah, He is still up there. He could still – be a top five by the end of the year. You know, it's, it's uh, any given Sunday, any given season, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So who, uh, I guess if, uh, you know, besides, I guess, Deion Jones, uh, who's the one guy maybe that we haven't mentioned uh, that you would maybe want to target uh, a little bit later, especially as ADP is a little bit lower, uh, but you think might have a really good year this year and re- would really pay dividends. Well, I used to have Mason Foster in there after Ruben Foster got hurt and Zach Brown's not around, but now Mason Foster was just released by the Redskins, so I can't use him. Um, I'll tell you a little hint. I'm avoiding, uh, even though I have him ranked at 22nd, I am avoiding Alexander in 49ers I, okay. this year. I would want to see him stay on the field, stay out of the trouble, and see how his recovery, uh, I believe he had Achilles, mm-hmm. um, if, I, if I'm remembering that right. I would think I'm avoiding Jordan Hicks, by the way. Also, I want to see that guy stay, you know, it doesn't do me any good to spend high commodity on him to get him, even though he's in a good situation when I think he's only finished maybe one complete season out of the last four. So, you know, it doesn't do you any good if he's going to be hurt halfway through the season. Yeah. You know, you just waste it. So there's other linebackers around there. I'm thinking, believe me, while you ask this question, I am just thinking in my head. Um, I think that I have Miles Jack ranked higher than probably most people because Telvin Smith is not playing this year accordingly. Right. So – and that was a huge hit. Well, one of my IDP uh, dynasty startups that I got into, uh, I was so happy to get uh, Telvin Smith. And then to hear oh, the news yeah. of him being out, I was mm, super pumped right. because uh, the other uh, I, I played in another IDP last year, uh, and was right. you know it was great. It was great to have him. So I yeah, I could totally see that Miles Jack having a big step up after Telvin Smith saying he's done for at least the oh, year. Yeah. I was already expecting before the Telvin Smith news. I was already high higher on. J- Miles Jack, just like I was last year with Jalen Smith. You know, these two fellas got hurt in college. They got drafted anyways. Uh, they both had to recover from their injuries. Their first season, you people got to realize, yeah, Jalen Smith's first season and Miles Jack's first season was kind of disappointing. But you're you're talking about Jalen Smith playing by, you know, next to Sean Lee. They're still basically in recovery. 
Uh-huh. You know, and same thing with the Miles Jack. Even though he was a full time starter last year, you got to look at it. That guy was using a long rehab coming out of, you know, with that injury. So they're not going to uh, be able to produce. They have to catch up to the pro level again. They have to go through all these steps. So I was really looking at Miles Jack, excuse me, anyways, this year. So the Telvin Smith just really bolted him. It just took him straight up my rankings. Yeah, I like um, that. I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example of who uh, a player that I think that this time next year, we're going to see him a lot higher in rankings, and that is Raquan McMillan down there in Miami. Free Nuggets. You know, right. he, was supposed to, he was supposed to start the year. He was all this hyped up stuff. I'm not a big rookie guy. I am a Ohio State fan, though. But either way, he was, you know, he was in the perfect position as a middle linebacker, but then he got hurt in punt coverage in the first preseason game, the first punt of the year, I believe, in the preseason, you know. And he went through all his, you know, he was hurt, so he missed all last year. He, uh, or not last year, the year before his, his rookie year. So last year, he finally got to get on the field. The guy was still in rehab, you know. He is that same really good player before injury. He just needed to heal. You know, uh, they're they're not going to practice that guy as hard either if he's just coming off an injury from the season before. You know, he had to acclimate himself back to the pro level. And I really yeah. expect that we're going to see the Jalen Smith effect in the second year of full-time play with Miles Jack and McMillan this year. So I think I think it's a it's a good bet. I don't think that there is a reason to go reaching for McMillan because he's probably down the board on a lot of people. Uh, you got Kiko Alonso there, uh, and a lot of people give him a lot of respect, which he deserves. Yeah. But um, um, I have him ranked twenty seventh and twenty eighth, right right there together, right inside the thirty two, and I I really suspect that that Raycon McMillan really steps up this year and could uh, uh, be in the top top 20 at least starting next year. I love it. I love the hot takes. Um, you know, and so speaking of Miles Jack, I think it's a good time to, to pivot uh, a little bit to, to just run through some DST rankings uh, before we finish up. Um, Great. You know, and Jacksonville was, you know, definitely one of those teams that, that has been at the top of four. Um, like I think you said a little bit earlier uh, that, that defensive players have a hard time repeating. And I think believe it's the exact same with, with uh, de- team defenses. You know, they have the, mm-hmm. a very hard time. I don't think it's ever happened uh, where, where the number one team, the number one defense from the previous year repeats at that. Um, but regardless, I still have Chicago as my number one ranked DST. Even though I don't think they're going to finish there, I think they still look like the best defense coming into this year. I think it's a consensus this time of year. And I mean, I, it's a consensus of I would be silly to say that I don't give a glance to defensive uh, rankings on many different sites, mainly the big you know, NFL.com or maybe ESPN or something. Um, you know, I'd be silly to say that I, I, I can't peak, you know. So, but um, the Bears, I have them number one as well. And I'm basing that off of the general overall talent. I doubt very much that they will end up number one either. I have to agree with you there. But at this time of year, uh, rankings is a preferred uh, your choice of, of talent uh, overall. The one thing that I learned along the way about at least IDP is that the worse a team's offense is, the more that their defense is on the field, offering opportunity. Mm -hmm. So then you have to weigh the talent versus the offense on that defense to try to guess at this early of a stage who is going to be ranked number one, number two, number three, number four, and so on. Buffalo is consistently – giving up IDP players left and right. They, based off of what their offense have done for the last six years, Jacksonville, same, same format. They, you know, they do have some really good stuff. Telvin Smith, Jack, uh, uh, Campbell, or, uh, yeah, Campbell, Kalias Campbell, the defensive lineman, uh-huh, which is right. getting old in the tooth. I mean, if your defense is stacked with some talent like these guys and they end up playing more uh, snaps, 
than your offense because the offense is consistently going three and out. Yeah. Then they're just a goal mine, which right. also reflects right back into the team defense rankings. You know, right? It's really splitting here, right? But yeah, that's interesting too, right? With with the the IDP players are doing good and and scoring a lot of points uh, for IDP wise for fantasy, then then that would make sense that the team defense would also be right. doing the same. And and yeah, that that defensive line is looking solid, especially with the addition of Josh Allen in this year's draft coming out of Kentucky. Uh, mm-hmm. One guy that I was really high on. Um, you know, just for that outside edge rush uh, potential. So yeah, I'm I'm seeing really good things for Jacksonville this year. I have them as my third ranked uh, defense. Uh, I have the Rams uh, as my second. Um, you know, I, the two on one. We're we're a Southern California podcast, so you know we're not LA Rams fans, but we definitely get to see them a lot, um, mm-hmm. especially the Chargers too. So uh, I think uh, the Rams definitely have a good defense uh, coming back this year, and and um, part of the reason why I have them as my second ranked. Uh, second ring defense is, is also right. because of Aaron Donald um, being being ranked so high on my board. Right, right. Oh, yeah, definitely. And you got to look at that division that the Rams are in as well. I mean, you got the Cardinals rebuilding. We don't mm-hmm. know what they're going to have. I, I think that their offense is going to struggle. Uh, you got to look at the 49ers. Uh, everybody's a, what's his name, Garoppolo or whatever his name is, the quarterback. <laughs> yeah. But he can't stay on. The, I'm, I'm terrible pronouncing names. Sorry. So, <laughs> But he can't stay on the field. You know, I, I, I like the division the Rams are in to guarantee that they end the year not alone in the top five, you know, not alone based off of their talent, but just based off their division, you know? So you got to look at some of these things in that order. Um, Jacksonville, I think that it's, it's a very good possibility that we see the same old routine with Jacksonville. Um, The, is that offense going to struggle? Are they going to have, I think it was like three years ago. I can't remember. I remember looking it up, and I'm sitting there look, uh, examining snap counts for uh, defensive players, and I'm like, no wonder this guy. I think it was Telvin Smith, probably. Yeah. No wonder he had all these opportunities, and he's a number one, not only in talent, but a number one, uh, I, a linebacker one. I mean, he was on the field for nearly, (laughs) yeah, 1,300 snaps. So I go over and I look at their starting offense. That's what I start, the offensive line. The guys that stayed healthy, you know, didn't have to worry about missing games. And I found one, and the poor guy only had, he played every snap of the season. I think he played 99.5 or something. He played a total of 850 snaps. Wow. Compared to the thirteen hundred that that Smith, don't quote me exactly, but it was that yeah, exact, but that right, right, right. That so, many differences, you know, right? What so I that think that's matter. yeah, and I think that's interesting. Uh, an, an easy correlation uh, for for people that don't play IDP. Um, we all know that opportunity is the king for for regular you know regular fantasy football, uh, and then the guy that's going to get the most targets is also going to have the most opportunity to score the most points. Therefore, yep. on the defensive side, the guy that's going to be on the field because his offense isn't good and he's right. getting a ton of snaps is most likely, especially if he's the best player on that defense, is going right. to have the most opportunity to score the most fantasy points. Yeah, I exactly. Love that. The format has changed the last three years as the as the NFL keeps handcuffing the defense so that they have higher scoring games for real life. It is changing a little bit. Uh, It was just about four to five years ago, maybe five that you had a lot of players uh, especially linebackers that were on the field for 95% of the snaps. And that percentage of those type of players have dropped because the defenses have had to have more three safety sets or they've had to have a safety linebacker hybrid come in in the nickel package mm-hmm. because it's a pass-happy league in most for the most part. you know. And if you're going to – you can't touch the guy, you're going to get a penalty – you can't rough the guy. You're going to get a penalty in pass coverage. Mm-hmm. Then the guy, you know, if he's going to make a play on the ball or if he misses the tackle, you have to have the extra body out in the secondary to uh, counteract the idea that the guy's just going to run for a touchdown. Hopefully right. you have somebody else in position just by numbers. So yeah. it is a slow, slowly turning uh, kind of a thing. But snap counts are 100%. 100% of – 
And, and that's, I think, where uh, understanding um, the scheme, understanding a little bit more about the, the football side of, of things in fantasy as opposed to just stri- uh, strictly numbers and data and analytics, um, mm-hmm. understanding when those players are going to be on the field. Do they stay on the field in the nickel formations or do they come out? Those defensive right. ends or defensive tackles, are they staying on the field in those pass mm-hmm. rush situations or are they just a first and second down uh, player? And so, yeah, yeah that. I, the more I talk to you, the more I talk to you, Gary, about this, the more I'm loving IDP for that reason is, is understanding this other layer of strategy and data that's out there to go look, you know, because as mm-hmm. you're talking, I'm thinking, oh, wow, well, I wonder what uh, what the percentages of teams, you know, are, are listing out the percentage of teams that run their base uh, for uh, defensive formation in the, if it's the 4-3 or the 3-4 and how right. many times they're running nickel and dime packages and taking right. out linebackers you know and so there's only one guy there you know i think that's an interesting stat to look at to maybe pinpoint some other guys and right um, that you want to focus on your draft so i'd, yeah, I'd like to I'm take that. this opportunity to uh, we have um a, a subscription special going on right now but for the last three years i have shared my 32 team easy start sit charts with the public and they're now going behind the, uh, you know, to, to members or subscribers uh, only. Um, I, I'd like to mention, we're talking some stats. Now, like I said, I'm not a big stat guy, but years ago and to help dominate, I figured out by taking points allowed uh, by position to the defense, uh, using some uh, offensive rankings, uh, even believe it or not, there is home stat crews, that, that favor tackling numbers, sack numbers and such. I have a five-step formula, which I happen to be the fifth element of this step because I have to make a decision that I do easy start sit charts on all 32 teams on all designated positions based purely not off my opinion, but off of this formula that I have concocted and I have had a lot of success. A lot of people that have used it have had a lot of success. Um, it's just taking the numbers and then making the decision. And that is the problem with all these statistics that are out there. You can go look, well, okay, we have points allowed. Now, that by itself is helpful. But when you take the points allowed plus the, the home stack crew and then what the offense allows also, or where they're ranked, their tendencies and stuff, and throw in. I can't give up everything, people. You know, there are <laughs> trade secrets, so I apologize. But I mean, this is a very, very competitive uh, market right now when it comes to IDP industry. Absolutely, but way, you got to give them. You got to drop nuggets. You know, we're all right. about the free nuggets on here. You got to give them a little right. bit, but go right. out there and get that subscription too, because that's the rest of the meat that you want to eat. Right. So basically, what it boils down to, you can read all the stats in the world. But if you do not put them together and read them as a as a final result, and that is what I have done, then it doesn't do you any good. I, I have done that, and I've had a lot of success. I am happy to say I average around an 80%. Uh, I have tested it. I have... Uh, checked it and I have a lot of success with it. And so have the people that I've, that will use it. And, and it's a long process. It'll take me a good eight to 10 hours to do the easy start sits because I'm doing defensive line. I'm doing the linebackers, which the outside linebackers are with the defensive line as edge rushers. And I do defensive backs in, in particular, not cornerbacks. I do do the free safeties and the safeties in these. Uh, okay. Cornerbacks to me are dime a dozen. Yeah, you play them by matches. Period on what they're what they're doing. If you got a really good stud, he's probably like Patrick Peterson. He's not gonna he's not gonna score for you. So yeah. I don't I don't bother. I I, I I prefer to suggest people look at matchups for that. Um, and then I also I also developed the it's called the odds maker, and it is based more on the team as a whole on a three-step formula, not including me, because this one's purely not, this is purely taking some information, putting it together. Not, I don't make a call on this at all, but the potential that if you have a player on that team, whether or not they're going to succeed. So that's a follow-up tool. And that one there would be one that I'm going to start promoting for people to look at as for the cornerbacks, because there is uh, passes allowed and such figured into that. Um, and then we, I have my own production 
Uh, it's called the PAPS. Uh, it's a player ability per snap production grades based purely on production per snap that they have in playmaking ability. Um, it's based off stats. And it's not like there are sites out there that like to give grades based on how pretty the guy looks, how well he did his coverage. And I think those are deceiving when you look at fantasy football because the prettier, the better he looks, the less productive sometimes they'll be. Right. You know, we want we want the we want the the gist on the IDP production, whether it's based off of uh, de- production by default or if the guy is just that good. So, and production by default, so I simply mean that Preston Brown is a perfect example. He middle linebacker for the Bills for so many years, lighten that stat sheet up, lighten it up because he was productive by default in there. He was not graded well in coverage. He was not graded well overall most years, average at best a lot of the years. And as soon as he left and went to Cincinnati, I told people, dump him, dump him. And the first thing that happened, he wasn't good enough to stay on the field for them last year. And considering the situation with their linebackers, that's not good. So I think that shows that's what I would call production by default. Okay. I like that. So, so as we, uh, you know, start to get close to, to wrapping it up, um, let's, uh, let's drop some free nuggets for the listeners. And, uh, and Gary, why don't you give us your, your number one DB and then your number one uh, DST uh, that you think may crack uh, the top 10 this year? Oh, my number one DB. I, I mean, it's, I love John Johnson. I had a good call on him last year. But either way, I, as much as I like the guy, Landon Collins has to, in my opinion, be the first guy off the board at defensive back okay. uh, song safety. For the simple fact is, who he has in front of him are a couple of unknowns. You got yeah. D- Hamilton's coming in. He's going to get it. Uh, we do know what John Bostic, if John Bostic ends up being the uh, Mason Foster role, he, there's a reason he didn't stick in Pittsburgh. There's a reason he didn't uh, stick in Chicago where he was uh, drafted. And there's a reason he didn't stick in Indianapolis. You know, he's a body. He's a good veteran source, productive by default, in my opinion, with opportunity. So I love Landon Collins with Washington right now, uh, just based off the two inside linebackers that are going to be right in front of him on the, mm-hmm. uh, the formation. You're going to have a you're you're going to have a lot of extra what I call sloppy seconds when those linebackers don't read well or make a mistake or whiff on a tackle. So like right now, Landon Collins has got to be my first defensive back off the field or off awesome. the board. Sloppy seconds, I like that one. Free nuggets. Yes. <laughs> and and yeah. deep. I'm yeah, sorry, deep. Top, top, top 10. Yeah. Who do you think might crack uh, in the top 10? Cause I got one this year and, and I'm curious who you, who you might have. As far as I'm concerned, when it comes to a team that could be the could break out, I'm not a hundred percent sure if I, I could say into the top 10, but definitely relevant in standard size leagues. If you're looking at a 12 or 14, I think that, I think they're right there on the cusp. I really do think Atlanta could, in standard-sized teams, become more uh, relevant as a starting defense overall. Free nuggets. Uh, I think that it's really been uh, a rough two or three years, especially last year when you got Neil going down, then you had uh, Ricardo Allen going down, and all and such, and and the pieces weren't working for Dan Quinn quite the way that he wants them to back when. He was the DC for Seattle and, um, you know, in Bobby Wagner's prime, along with all those fellas and, and, and that designated defense. Um, I'm not super excited about the defensive line, but I think that Dan Quinn, if Campbell and uh, uh, Vic Beasley and everybody can stay healthy up in that area uh, with Campbell playing the strong side linebacker or the Oda, I think he gets some extra pass rush out of him this year. Um, I really, I really think that you're looking at a one of the fastest, the fastest defenses built out there uh, yeah. when you look at their players overall. So, and I'm a huge Oakaloon fan. Um, I really like what Oakaloon did last year, stepping in as a six round rookie out of Yale. 
Um, he's a smart guy, nothing but positive uh, information coming out of camp right now that he's doing well. One of, he is my breakout, breakout call, um, not just based off of what he did last year by default. So I like Atlanta, and if I'm and if I'm letting defensive slide and and putting him like picking like a kicker, yeah. you know, I'm I'm, I'm going to I'm going to look at Atlanta really hard as taking a step forward this year. I like it. <clears throat> yeah, I can see it, uh, especially uh, you know just the team in general uh, for the regular offensive side too. Uh, I just think uh, Atlanta has, has a lot of potential to be pretty good this year uh, with those thirteen games um, on turf and inside a dome. I think that plays into their strengths. Um, you know, and, and the one team that I have making a big leap uh, into the top ten for this year, uh, one team I'm just super high on all around is the, is the Indianapolis Colts, and partly because of Darius Leonard winning, you know, Rookie of the Year, um, but the additions of uh, Justin Houston, and and they're just solid all around, and I think they started. Well, they started to come on towards the end of the year uh, from a fantasy perspective, but I think mm-hmm. that defense really carried the team uh, while, while Andrew Luck was really coming back. And I, I'm really excited for them to, uh, for this year, the, you know, the outlook for 2019. Uh, so I think, you know, that's my breakout into uh, deep breakout defense for this year. Yeah, and I have no argument. I mean, I understand where you're coming from there. It's um, it's a, another fine line. You know, you can look at Indianapolis. You could also – um, you you could possibly ooh, Kansas City, uh, with what they've done across their defensive line. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm not a big fan of their linebackers, uh, but they did uh, I, they did just recently add some help at the safety positions and such. So, I mean, yeah, it's a fine line. It's by preference. So Indianapolis is right there, probably in my top two or th- three I like potential that. breakouts. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it. And I just think, like I said, overall, I just think the Colts are going to be so good this year. But, um, but yeah, you know, so let's, uh, let's, you know, make sure we get some takeaways for the listeners. Uh, That's one thing we've been trying to do with as many pods, you know, is is go over rankings, but really give you those tips for for draft strategies uh, and and really help you win your leagues or at least uh, set you up to start the season great. Um, So some of the takeaways I have, you know, is that the the mat in, in the IDP draft, the Mac inside linebacker in a 4-3 defense is king. That's who's going to eat. That's who's going to be the most productive. And uh, and that's right. What, what tips are the uh, production is key, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, and, production and scoring format. Yeah. And that's the, right into my next one. The league format and scoring settings can drastically change your ranking. So make sure you really know where the points are going to be, uh, what the overall format, if it's uh, sack heavy, uh, just regular tackle production heavy. That's really going to change uh, your rankings and who you're going to who you're going to want to target. And then yeah. last, uh, lastly, you know, just overall, don't be afraid to try out IDP leagues. And and if you do, uh, make sure you check out the idptipster.com. Get yourself a copy of the IDP Bible, and especially with that New Testament update, and you'll be ready to go to to win your league. So you know, uh, Gary, uh, thank you so much for for coming on the show. Can you let the listeners know where they can find uh, find your work? Well, we have the, uh, of course, the idptipster.com. Um, you can find me on Twitter at the idptipster. And um, I mean, we have our podcast. We've just joined Full Time Fantasy Podcast Network. So you can find us through their site. Uh, they have two different sites a podcast network site and a fulltime.com. Uh, I really appreciate it, Tommy for bringing me on the show and reaching out to hopefully helping some uh, new listeners or viewers or followers or whatever. If you would come over, give me a follow, uh, check out the website, check out the July subscription deal we got going on right now because it's the cheapest one at the moment and it's not getting any cheaper. And I'm going to tell you, I am shutting down uh, during the preseason to focus on my members and subscribers personally. So we have an on-site chat for questions or any general help that I could give uh, before I ever release it or talk to the public. It's just uh, it's just how we're going to do this season. So come on over, check us out, give me a follow if you would. We have some great guys, great content, and uh, we're we're grinding out that IDP for you to help you win.
That's right. And, and, you know, he's absolutely right. Uh, the IDP tips are on at the IDP tips are on uh, Twitter is definitely putting out great content all the time. Uh, we love what you're doing over there, Gary. Uh, it was great to Thank connect you. with you on there. Thanks again for coming on the show. Uh, for all the listeners out there, make sure you uh, subscribe, rate, and review both the podcasts, uh, the IDP uh, IDP Live and Two on One Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, you can find us on iTunes and pretty much everywhere else you download your podcasts. So stay tuned for our next mini pod dropping soon and where we're going to get into running back rankings and finish up the series. And thanks for coming by again, Gary. And thanks for stopping by. Thanks, Tommy. I'll see you, man. All right. Take care. Bad boy good. Bad boy good. Bad boy good.